0: bringing you all of the local motocross racing from North
1: Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. The Imperative MX podcast. Here's
0: another episode. And we're back and ready to rip here on the Imperative MX podcast, episode number 11 and man, we're glad to be back for another week and another episode. We are bringing you all of the local motocross action from North Carolina, Virginia, and the surrounding states. Thank you so much for joining us this week on yet another episode. I am your host, Zach Newberry, and we would like to thank everyone who has been enjoying these first couple of episodes already, and the great positive feedback from these has uh, truly been humbling. If you have not yet checked out any of the past episodes, do yourself a favor and check them out after this one which uh which they are very available everywhere Apple Spotify Amazon Music YouTube Pandora Listen More uh, Listen Notes and uh, many more. It is fantastic to see the support from the local community in the sport of motocross and I want to thank you the listeners for tuning in this week here on the Imperative MX podcast for another great episode. We have a lot of, to talk about when it comes to local racing all the way to professional and uh, everything in between. With that, there are a good amount of talking points to chat within this episode, and uh, personally, I'm stoked for this (laughs) episode number 11. First, we have a call in from Robert Berry, who is a local legend in his uh, own right. I'm sure we will speak on local uh, VA, North Carolina, local motocross races from back in the day. We'll have some supercross talk and uh, 100% guaranteed laughs uh, from Robert Berry here. Uh, coming up soon then we will have the highly favorited dirt industries custom graphics local legends segment with a call in from one of my personal local legends uh, from the past uh, in the local area york south carolina's les smith man and uh, like i said i'm personally stoked uh to hear from les about the battles and racing in the north carolina virginia tennessee south carolina uh, area, his amateur and Loretta Lynn success. Uh, you know, he had a professional card, so want to talk to him about the uh, AMA Supercross Pro Motocross racing careers, the amazing teams that he was on, and all of that uh, good stuff and much more coming from uh, the Dirt Industries Custom Graphics Local Legends segment with a call-in from Les Smith. And to wrap up this episode uh, for this week, uh, we will talk about the opening round at Anaheim 1, uh, the Supercross and everything that caught our eye. So make sure to check us out uh, by searching Imperative MX on Instagram, Facebook, and our popular TikTok channel if you have not already done so. And we did just hit 1 million likes uh, the other day, so that was really, really awesome. And uh, thank you guys for all uh for supporting us on all of the social media platforms. And don't forget to check out ImperativeMX.com when you get the chance. Uh, we'll be doing a lot of updates and much more reads uh, here in 2023. So be on the lookout for more coming on imperativemx.com. Before we go any further, we have to say thank you to all of the sponsors on board here at Imperative uh, MX and here on the Imperative MX podcast West Virginia Motorsports, FXR, Silver Valley MX Park, Hydropower, and Dirt Industries custom graphics and we will get more into each of these awesome companies here in in a bit support the ones that support the sport like these companies helping us out with this podcast to bring you these episodes weekly and of course helping me break down all of the talking points for tonight's podcast the highly likable knowledgeable your district 29 2011 c-class champion co-host heavy d what's going on heavy
2: oh dude you know Another day, excited for another sick episode on the podcast, dude. Super stoked on who we got going coming on the talk, dude. I'm so pumped.
0: Yeah, man. We have uh, two local legends. Uh, one in his own right with uh, with Robert Barry. And if people do not know who Robert Barry is, you're really about to find out here in just a minute. He is a he is a character, vintage racer, uh, has been around the sport for a long time in the lo- local North Carolina, Virginia area, and uh, Yeah, he is a uh, good person to have on here, Heavy D, and I know you're stoked uh, to have a Robert Barry on here soon.
2: Oh, dude, heck yeah, man. It's, dude, Robert is funny as hell. Super knowledgeable about the sport. Dude, been around for a while. You know, I grew up watching him and grew up around him. Like, dude, you just love him. He's one of the most likable dudes you'll ever come across. So down to earth and like I say, funny as hell, like, I can't wait.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're really good to hear from uh, Robert Berry here coming up soon. Uh, man, we're going to talk about some Supercross. We're getting into a lot of local uh, racing and knowledge from uh, back in the day, especially having the two uh, call-ins from Robert Berry and York, South, uh, South Carolina zone uh, Les Smith. I know you're stoked to talk to Les and, uh, man, I, he's, a, he's a true local legend.
2: Oh, dude, absolutely, man. It's like, I've I mean when I was younger, before I even got into racing I when I wanted to, but uh my parents when they would go out, like they knew how much I loved it, they was always getting me magazines and stuff. And um it was a, it was a Moto Kids <laughs> Moto K- Hope you didn't hear that. <laughs>
1: no, you're
2: good. <laughs> Moto <laughs> Kids magazine and uh he was in it then it was pretty cool because, like, I got to see Les ride a lot. I got to hang around him a good bit. Like, super awesome dude, man. And it, it was it, it was always – it's always awesome. Like, you know, he's retired now. I got an awesome, beautiful family. But, like, being able to talk to him now that he's retired, you know, doing different stuff and just, like, knowing how bad of a dude he is and was on the dirt bike is so sick.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's why I wanted to uh, 100% bring Les Smith onto the podcast. And, no, it's going to be really good. Uh, yeah, Anaheim one uh, obviously uh, was unbelievable. Uh, myself, Heavy D, and a couple of others were uh, all in a chat together, and we were losing our mind during that 450 main event, huh, Heavy D?
2: Oh yes, <laughs> Dude, that. I mean, I know we're gonna get into it, but like, never. Nevertheless, like to me personally, that was one of the best opening rounds of Supercross ever.
0: Absolutely, and what a great start uh, to this brand-new inaugural uh, Super Motocross uh, World Championship as well. So, uh, no, it was uh, honestly awesome, and uh, I know that towards the end, we're going to talk about uh, professional side uh, with the AMA Supercross and all of that, but uh, local racing, I'm going to talk about the Ridge MX, uh, their soft opening, uh, which is uh, formerly Devil's Ridge MX, uh, will be February 11th through the 12th. Uh, that will be uh, open to the public and February 25th through 26th. Uh, I am going to Tampa uh, Supercross for the 11th through the 12th, so I will not be able to make the first one, but 100% February 25th and 26th, I'm definitely going to be down there for the, uh, uh, for the Ridge MX uh, soft opening. And of course, they have their grand opening March 11th through the 12th, their first races Uh, I believe their first one is in April, and their second one is going to be in June. And it's actually on June 17th, which is uh, my birthday. So that's actually going to be really, really cool. Uh, Are you going to try to uh, make it up there to the Ridge MX uh, Heavy D?
2: Oh, absolutely. Most definitely.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. We know Jed Dry and uh, the whole NCMX crew have uh, done a phenomenal job. If you guys have not uh, found them on social media, it is the Ridge MX formerly. Uh, Devils Ridge MX on uh, on Facebook. And I believe they have an Instagram as well, but I definitely know for Facebook. Uh, so no, that's uh that's going to be awesome. And we're going to go ahead and get Robert Barry here on the line. But before we get uh, to Robert Barry, we have to th- give a shout out to West Virginia Motorsports. If you are looking for your next ride, look no further than my friends over at West Virginia Motorsports. If you are around the surrounding area and looking for a pre- owned, or new motorcycle, dirt bike, ATV, UTV, whatever the case may be, make sure to stop by Princeton, West Virginia, or their other locations. I know that they're actually on the move to get a uh, brand new location, so that is going to be very good for the people over at West Virginia Motorsports, and uh, don't forget to order your parts for your current bike through West Virginia Motorsports or alongside uh, walking out the door with that brand new ride. That's exactly where I bought my 2023 RMZ 450 before uh, really anybody was uh on the uh, lookout for it for sure. But now it's catching everybody's eyes. But I was there before it. And don't forget to get those oil filters and air filters on your way out. And Heavy D, don't catch them on fire.
1: Don't do that.
2: Yeah. That's, no. stuck with me this entire time.
0: <laughs> no. Ever since you told that story, every single time I do the West Virginia Motorsports ad, ad read, <laughs> that's definitely coming up because it's too good.
1: <laughs> My bad. Still so fire. Yeah,
0: yeah, no. Dude,
1: he was like, "What were you even
0: <laughs> Yeah, no. Pops was not happy. And uh on the line right now, we have Robert Berry. He's a local legend of uh of his own from the North Carolina Virginia area. Robert, what's going on, buddy? Glad to have you here on the Imperative MX Podcast.
1: Boys, I'm honored, honored. And then ever since. I heard about this local legend segment. I've been waiting for a song call and I'm excited <laughs> to be here. Yeah, no man. I'm... I mean, dude, dude, it's only right. Like it's literally, <laughs> it's only right. Like, I mean, yeah. like yeah, It's only right. Let's <laughs> Get to it, boys. Let's get to it.
0: Absolutely. Uh, like I said, you're a local legend in your own right. Uh, we've known each other for a long time and have uh, raced against each other and uh, been around each other uh, a lot uh, around the District 13, District 29 area. And, uh, Robert, a uh, little bit about your past. If people do not know exactly who you are and uh, and all of that, uh, go ahead and give the listeners a little bit about uh, Robert Barry. Oh,
1: man, appreciate it, appreciate it. So I'm just going to go ahead and say if you don't know who I am, and you're in the District 29 area, you hadn't been riding long enough. That's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. Dude, been around, been doing this since 94, all right? So we started we started at Devil's Ridge in 1994 with an open face helmet and a uh, huge, huge BMX-freaking-style number plate on my PW50. And, um, yeah, that's where it started, and uh, it just went from there, man. My dad raced in the 70s um you know so it's in the blood yeah and um yeah i just uh grew up in the d29 area and raced a little bit up in virginia and mostly in you know south carolina north carolina growing up and uh cut my teeth at kathy's creek <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i know heavy dean knows that one too well but um yeah i <laughs> spent a lot of time there chasing the outlaw series as a kid and then um started running ultras and megas in the early 2000s and got a lot of second places to uh another local legend you've would had on here josh thomas (laughs) yep so uh if he if he was there i was i was in second that's for sure but um yeah we just you know grew up and uh grew out of it a little bit you know towards the end of my career i got hurt a lot and uh my last race was at uh loretta's Two years ago, I ran plus 30 there on my 07 KX-252 stroke.
0: Yep, I remember and, that. Uh, yeah, no, that was awesome.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ended up wearing an uh, American flag suit top on the third model. in the second one, you, you'd think you're plus 30. We all have jobs we got to get to on Monday. Some of us are dads, are going to be dads. And uh, you'd think that everybody wouldn't, you know, give you a little room. And... uh Second lap, I got cleaned out, drug about a hundred yards, ran over one good time. Ended up cracking my pelvis and uh, messing up my ankle and my shoulder. Mm. But that was second moto. We still stuck it out for third moto. Had to, uh, had to be, had to beat a couple of the locals that were there. You know, got to keep, <laughs> got to keep the name alive. Got to keep the name alive. So we, uh, we ended up still keeping that going and um, ended up hanging the booth up after that. Man, I started uh, teaching kids about a year ago and um been heavy into that got certified through the USMCA deal and um I'm enjoying it but uh got a little girl now and she's uh she's ate up with dirt bikes and wants to uh wants to start riding pretty soon she'll be two in about six months and uh, I think it's going to be on from there I ain't going to be able to teach anybody else but her really
0: yeah all the focus is going to be uh going to be on her and no that's uh that's awesome, man. I actually did not know that you hung the boots up completely. Uh, I thought you did some vintage yeah. racing. I thought you did some vintage racing. Yeah,
1: so yeah, we're going well, I was gonna go down that path, you know. I uh, I started doing a little bit of vintage racing in 2018, and um, my dad, we pulled out the Mako's from the garage yep. and uh, put some fresh gas in them fired them up. held the one we had, it's got points on it. We had to clean the points. I mean, half of the time, I know nobody that's listening to this knows what points are, but hey, it's all good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had to clean them bad boys up and uh, get that thing running and ended up going to Mid-Ohio just for fun in the van and came home with a AMA title. I didn't even know they gave them things out for the mole bikes, but uh, got one of those and then went back the next year. And the thing was, Jenny Drayson is you sign up for eight classes and you actually only finish two or three because the bikes end up breaking right but uh we uh we ended up getting two more the next year and uh so we got a couple AMA titles from in the vintage theme and uh went down I've done Daytona uh vintage days with um Jeff Stanton got the race with Jeff Stanton and Todd DeHoop and mm-hmm. Doug Henry and um I've raced a lot with uh the local SMIP Randy Richardson yep. We uh the uh, The vintage scene has actually just brought a you know, a new a new freaking, you know, rejuvenated my career, really. Because, yeah. you know, you grow up and watch all these guys. And then, dude I was literally, I have a dent on, we have a 1971 Square Barrel 400 Mako. And I have a dent on the pipe, it's an underpipe, where Jeff Stanton hit me so hard that he knocked me off the track dude peed me up on a four-lap vintage race and blew me off the track and um yeah pops was like we need to fix that and i said nah dude i'm having jeff sign it and actually jeff has circled it and put his initials on it that's for so me so, cool. yeah dude yes sir no yeah. you have to dude, keep that that's down, memorable you know time.
0: yeah no yes
1: sir yeah no the first time i seen him i was I, Went up to him after I beat him, and uh, he was like, yo, dude, you freaking rip. And I shook his head and I said, I want you to know I got a sticker on my binder from sixth grade with your name on it.
0: Yeah, dude. And he was
1: like, dude, you're dating me, man. I'm too old for this crap. <laughs> yeah, a good
0: yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I, you know, I've, I've been following you, obviously, and, you know, we've known each other for a long time. And uh, I knew that as soon as you got on the Mako, and i saw that you were doing 2018 2019 doing the vintage racing i'm like man this is this is something for him you know because i always knew that you know that you love that vintage stuff the open face helmet thing your characteristic your personality like bro it just fits it you know
1: oh dude i love i rock the open face now and i'll grow my beard out so i kind of look like um like the old guys, you know, yeah. freaking um Hikey old Hikey McColly, you know, he had a full beard back in the day. Yeah. And uh but yeah, I just grow it out and um yeah, I rock rocked the old open face and try not to get roosted. I will only time I've lost the vintage race is to a to a bike issue. And honestly, I've had a carburetor fly off and I put it on on the side of the track and still finish <laughs> and got second. <laughs> That's, that's, yeah, that's yes, local legends. And then, <laughs> yes, sir, Strawberry Hill vintage vintage armor race, Strawberry Hill. Yes, sir. Oh so man! Then, uh, oh, that's uh, where that was. That's where that happened. Yeah, that's yeah, that's where it happened. It happened on the uh, back straight, right right there, where all those rhythm the little rhythm section as well, and jumps are.
2: Man, it was a good oh, time uh, for the uh, carburetor I, I to fall off. Oh, uh, a guy was there. We had a we had a race at Caddy's that weekend or something, and I didn't realize that was you and uh, a dude uh, that had come from there, he was talking to Chris about uh, getting a vintage race at Cavie's, and he was like, man, it's awesome. You should it. we had a dude after today, his carboard flew off, and he put it on on the track and still won.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got him. I was like, Randy. what? <laughs> yeah, Randy's got me that moto. <laughs> but yeah, we um, you know, we have fun doing that. It's so, such a good time, and you meet so many new people, and they travel from all over, and they'll get there, and their bike doesn't run and they're working on it all day it's such a it's such a good sport man it's fun yeah no
0: and and you know that's one of the reasons robert you know i even brought the imperative mx podcast because i love going back and and uh reviewing and you know getting the light onto some of these uh legends from back in the day that never that really never got the spotlight that they deserved um you know, some of them had factory rides, some of them didn't. Some of them went really far, some of them didn't. You know, and I think uh, you know, bringing yourself and these other ones, um, we're gonna have Les Smith on uh, after you, and you know that he's a local legend.
1: Yeah, yeah. The Les just the other
0: day on Facebook
1: chatting about balloon kiddos, and Les Smith showed up to it Those balloon series. And five and the dude shows up with a paint cast on his right wrist, right? And I'm like, oh dude, we got him boys. We got him covered this weekend. You know, we <laughs> cast on. The dude still smoked me, Josh Thomas, Jed, everybody. Yeah. Dude, he still smoked everybody. He still won the damn thing. It was on his right hand. He was chicken winging all the way around Sand
0: Hills, and he still smoking. Oh was my! Insane. Gosh. Yeah, <laughs> he was chicken winging. No man, there's chicken winging
1: everywhere. He couldn't couldn't oh, help
0: it. Dude, the the battles that we saw at Rolling Hills between Les Smith and Taylor Fretrell oh. has probably got one. It's probably oh one of the craziest unknown battles that, from the outside looking in, nobody would have any idea how good of battles there were in this small town of Reedsville, North Carolina, at Rolling Hills, you would have oh, people crazy. show up there and just having an amazing battles and um, all of that. And speaking of battles, uh, I know that you have plenty of knowledge in the sport. Uh, what would you think about Anaheim 1, the season opener for the Monster Energy AMA Supercross? Uh, what, what what caught your eye a little bit?
1: Boys, I've watched it four times. What <laughs> do you want to talk about? Man. Uh, <laughs> what do you want to talk about?
0: Let's – uh. Let's talk. Let's talk about. I know that we're gonna get a little bit more into it even uh, after we speak with you and uh, Les Smith. But uh, man, real quick, I mean, we have to talk about the two winners, right? You have to speak about Eli Tomac, uh, the brand new motorcycle. He's never won Anaheim one. He's the first guy to uh, win a title, uh, be, you know, and um, win Anaheim one. Uh, or you know have a shot Ooh. at winning it or a past champion whatever the case may be since RV in 2012 um so yeah. man and then Jet is on a is on a roll uh, obviously you yep. know he's i mean he's pretty much prepared and ready for the 450 class I, d- I do feel and now with Fortner being out uh, he had that really big crash i mean it's ACL tear so he's going to be yeah. at least out until the outdoor national so um man there there's a lot of talking points to talk about but i guess we could talk sure. about Uh, Tomac and Jet. Like, uh, what's your what's your thoughts on them uh, coming out?
1: I'm gonna have to say that uh, everybody should be shaking in their Alpine stars or their garnets because if Tomac can go down and come back and win, they should be a little frightened. But um, (laughs) yeah, he looks he looks really good. That bike. I've been on Cowie since 1999, and uh, I'd probably go buy a Yamaha tomorrow if I needed a 450. That thing looks so good and um he makes it look even better but um i don't really want to buy into the whole jet thing because he's so mainstream but um and they just talk about him so much but he's very very good and he probably will be you know set records from here on out but um it is a shame to see fortner go down and be down again for the rest of the season i think the guy really needs to Hang it up and start throwing whips with Hodges, because then he won't get hurt. He'll make even more money. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think that uh, I think Hampshire will probably do pretty good. Um, I honestly think that um, Enzo Lopes is going to maybe surprise us and run up front a little bit. Dude, the kid's fast. He has P one. Yeah, the first. Flying, yeah, then, the uh, first qualifying session, yeah, Enzo crazy.
0: Lopes on a Privateer bike uh, puts it on Club top. You know. RJ Hampshire yes, the PC bikes jet i mean that is impressive uh and to oh, work his sure. way through the field in the main event to get i think he got a sixth um yep, sure it's still it's still a good uh performance and uh he's only going to get better the transitions the track was gnarly uh the tra- i mean oh
1: my god i mean it it, was
0: it wasn't it wasn't one guy uh that didn't have a crazy or a wild moment uh, from practice, you know, free practice in the morning all the way until the main event. Everybody had some sort of mistake uh, throughout any time that they were on the track because it was so gnarly.
1: Yeah, I was really surprised that um, Kenny on the Suzuki, I mean, I actually picked him in the RM Fantasy to win. I I thought that he would come out and win. Win the first Anaheim, win second round, and then Suzuki Suzuki sales were going to skyrocket and then I thought he was going to plateau after that. that was my theory, but I guess I get washed away at the first round, and now the second one, so yeah. we'll see how that goes for him. But he was dude, that guy's timing is impeccable, and he was over jumping stuff and you know screwing rhythms up but it's it's insane to watch you know the he was right beside Mickey once and then beside Eli once, and you know he'd make a mistake, and he can recover so fast and and be able to stay right there with him and really not even lose any time. And heck, the one time he even gained some at the end of the rhythm lane. It's crazy to watch him put things together. But, you know, when you watch, even when you sit back and watch him with so much skill, I mean, he was watching up every lap, you know, it's, and that just goes to show how technical that track was. It was, it was crazy. I couldn't, and that's why I think that the guys that are in the top three are probably going to be, year 3 for the remainder of the year cuz that track was so gnarly that it kind of separated the men from the boys you know yeah i
0: oh, yeah. i can i can kind of see um bike uh cuz normally guys don't really get their bike set up until like round 3 and 4 and honestly that was a weird Anaheim 1 so i can give them a little bit of cushion for saying you know the track was weird the nerves of Anaheim 1 whatever the case may be but now since Oakland is canceled or postponed um as of right now for pretty much officially uh I should say uh yeah. for this weekend uh we're gonna have to wait until San Diego uh round three uh in two weekends to uh to figure out uh if guys have got their bikes dialed and all of that but um I I 100% agree with you I mean these guys are going to be shaking in their boots if if Tomac comes out and puts on another performance yeah. in San Diego and even like you said with that fall, um, man, it's it, yeah, people are going to be scared and uh, going to have to do something crazy. Really
1: need to be, yeah, it's wild, man, it's wild. Um, it's going have, to be a really good season.
0: No, it 100 percent is, and like I was telling Heavy D, I mean, honestly, if that was your first time ever watching Supercross, you're hooked, you're in. Cause yeah, you thought that like three guys, four guys, pretty much had the you know could have had the win. Malcolm, Chase, Tomac, and uh, who? I I feel like I'm missing. Yeah, Barsha. Yeah, Barsha out front, and we thought. And dude, as soon as Barsha got in front of Tomac, I was like, oh boy, he's gonna put the blockers on. He's gonna try to win. Oh yeah, you know but that track oh, yes. was so the technical. And so up. Yeah. And that's really what I <laughs> thought was going to happen. Um, but Tomac just got right by him and took off, fell down. Uh, then Mookie ended up taking the lead and then Sexton ended up kind of rubbing, racing, kind of bumped him off the track. And then, to- and then Sexton is getting hunted down by Tomac and Sexton can't do all of the ry- rhythms, uh, correctly every single lap. But Tomac was able to on that brand new Yamaha and, uh, I yeah, do, that yeah. is impressive
1: For sure, definitely impressive So, Heavy, I got a quick question for you Yeah Hey, hey how are you sleeping? Dude, you are want to know what? love that new little one Dude,
2: she's surprisingly so quiet Like, she doesn't sleep Really? That's like, all awesome, it, it stopped me She hadn't kept us up one night Like, I I guess you get that
1: from Because I sleep like a log, dude <laughs> That's I'm great, dude. Like oh yeah, so for good. you, man. How you like being a dad? You loving it?
2: Oh, dude, I love it, bro. It's like I remember when you were telling me you was like, dude, there's nothing like it. Dude, you're right. there's
1: really nothing oh, like it. It is. It's freaking name, dude. I couldn't believe it. If everybody tells you how what to expect, man, but it's it really they can't really get you prepared for it, man. It's so fun. Oh,
2: so dude, fun. Like, she, she likes moto too. Surprisingly, like. Uh, what's out here? Watch Supercross with me, like dude. She was tuned in. Oh, dude! Proud
1: dad moment for sure. Oh, dude, oh, I was stoked. I was like, Oh yeah!
2: I was like, You definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm <laughs> so I'm awesome. the
0: oddball out of the group because I don't have uh I don't have any hey, kids, right, but, but we got we got dogs hey, it's, it's and, time time. and hey, uh, <laughs> we we finally took our German Shepherd. She was a little iffy when uh, I got together with my uh, girlfriend, so. Um, When we actually um got together, she was a little hesitant. And uh, finally, after about a year and I don't know, a quarter or so, year and a half, uh, we finally got her to go to the moto track this past week. And I did some training with some kids and uh, we brought the dog yeah, and she enjoyed it. So that was kind of like a proud, uh, yeah. proud dad moment that she didn't try to. Uh, you know, mess with anybody. She didn't, you know, she was barking at the, at yeah, the dirt bikes going by, but she was really friendly with everybody and she was cool the entire time. Didn't seem to, you know, uh, have any issues. So that was kind of like a proud, proud dad moment, uh, for myself. Right uh, on, yeah. Yeah, no. You so he for, didn't
1: have to worry about her biting the kid or anything.
0: Yeah, no. And she, she had, yeah, right she on. had, she yeah, had problems deal. with dogs. She had problems with females because she's a German Shepherd and she wants to be dominant, of course. So, um, you know, and oh, she's yeah. had a problem with a female dog in the past, uh, but I think it was just because she kind of beat up on her when she was a little, uh, little puppy. So it, she's kind of just giving it back to her. So, but she was just kind of right skittish on. and shy. But regardless of the fact, who, um, as far as maybe like a privateer coming out of Supercross, um, I wrote about Colt Nichols. Ooh. I don't know if you saw that. I wrote a uh, on the rise oh, series. Oh yeah. Uh, about Colt Nichols. I called him as a sleeper and an underdog coming in. I thought that he was going to do really well as far as just being technically sound on his star Yamaha. And you got to be technically sound, uh, to ride a Honda the way that they're supposed to. And it's really good. Cause he kind of reminds me of like a Sexton jet, Christian Craig kind of, because he's been around those guys, uh, quite a bit. And obviously now, um, who was kind of your surprise, uh, coming out of, uh, Anaheim one that people didn't really, uh, look at.
1: I uh, would have to maybe agree with you on that one there. Um, you know, I wanted Stank Dog to make it in there, and I would tell you that would be Stanky, but, you know, because you, you know, I'm the husky dog. But, uh, yep. yeah, I would have to agree. I put I put Coldest in 10th on the fantasy thing and um, was thinking he was going to slide back to there. But, dude, he kind of shuffled his way around. He did really good. He kind of surprised me. Um, I have to say – Oh yeah, he got a really good start. Yeah, um, he
0: got he got pushed yeah. around hard that that second yeah, and third was, corner. He,
1: he did really good.
0: Yeah, he just yeah, he just sure. let the he chaos did, he happen. Did. He just let the chaos happen and, and just put just in consistent laps. Yep, just put in consistent yeah, laps for sure. Because he knew that each guy that went by, he was like, "I'm going to pass you here in just a couple of minutes." You know, you're going to be on the ground. You know, and that's exactly kind of yeah, what happened. So it worked. Works. You know. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Oh, for sure.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, he
1: was good, and I think that um, in the little bike class, I was uh, really surprised with uh, filthy Phil. Man, that was yeah, a definition of death. That was a definition of death cross, and <laughs> um, he was he was doing pretty good. You know, he he kept it. He, I heard him on the pulp show talking about doubling through the rhythm lanes, but I mean, hey, he got it done. Yeah. But um, oh, yeah, I, like actually, feels a
2: big dude, big dude too. He's you know, tall. Dude, he is. Yeah. A big dude. Yeah, he's stout on a 250, and, like, I mean, honestly, like, I kind of wouldn't, especially how gnarly the track was, like, I think for him it was pretty smart on his part just to kind of keep it doubling, like,
1: because yeah.
2: on a 450, I'm pretty sure he'd have popped, like, triple, 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 no problem, but, like, yeah. it had to be a bit sketchy on the 250.
0: Yeah. Well, oh, for
1: sure, yeah. You know what's well,
0: kind of odd is that they really don't have a 450. Anyway. They don't have a 450 guy
1: yeah yeah they don't but I think that that just goes to show I I lived down there a long time ago and uh way before all the all the team stuff and um I think that the it's just easier to keep the uh keep the guys like on the same platform so they just have to worry about you know one thing going wrong but um I mean I know Phil will do 450 outdoors but um he was actually my roommate when I lived down there, actually. Oh, okay. stayed in a tailgater. I stayed in a tailgater with him and Ricky Winters for three months. And, uh, yeah. Boy, you learn a whole lot about somebody when you sleep three feet away from them for oh, three months. Oh, <laughs> absolutely.
0: And I can only imagine because, you know, uh, same with you. Obviously, I listened to pulp and the, you know, the, the show. And, uh, man, I, I, I can only imagine living with Phil. I can only imagine.
1: Oh, dude. It was every night when uh, Ricky would be on the phone with his girlfriend, he would sing a lullaby, and <laughs> and, and it would Ricky would be up, in oh the, up in the lake as far away as he could get away from us. And uh, oh my God, good times. We uh, did a lot of stupid stuff down there that probably shouldn't get named, but um, yeah, he was he was definitely he has not changed, dude. He hasn't changed one bit. Um, I watched him go off on Jacob Hayes and. Uh, Trevor Belcher, you remember that That's a throwback?
0: Yeah, no. Uh, Trevor was...
1: Belcher, yeah. He went off on both of them one day. It was, oh, my God, it was classic. Classic oh, Trevor some... no, Trevor Belcher, uh, No, Phil, uh, they were doing um, sprints, and um, back then they would do – I I'll just tell the story. It's a great story. Um, so I pulled up. It was on a Wednesday, and um, they used to do sprints in the morning on Wednesdays and um freaking they would do slowest to fastest so and then they did relay style so there was three Uh groups and phil was the last one to go and jacob was i think second and phil ended up catching him and passing him in one lap and jacob was really pissed and trevor was wrenching for him at the time and uh trevor got a little mouthy with phil and that's about the last thing you want to do. And yeah. they were, they went back and forth. It was really colorful. But um I'll, oh my I'll never forget I'll, that remember one. This I'll day. never forget. Yeah, yeah. So he yeah, it was it was it was colorful as can be, but um I'll never forget Phil come over and I'm th- I threw the bike up on the stand, Phil comes over after riding, he's eating his tuna and he's like, What's up? What's up? He calls me Roberto. He says, What's up, Roberto? And I was like I was like, oh, I'm just chilling, man. I heard you yanking out down there, you know. You're you good, and he's like, Ah, oh, you know, I, you know me, dude. I got to keep these kids straight around here, you, you know. I gotta I gotta keep them in line. They think they can they, they can walk all over me, but that just ain't gonna happen. And, and then um, Trevor walks by, and me and Trevor are friends, and he's like, What's up, RB? And I was like, What's up, dude? And I could feel the awkward tension. And it oh, yeah. uh, like, feels like, Yo, either one of you step at me again. I'll bury you in the sand back there up to your neck, <laughs> and that was it, dude. That was like I said, oh my god, I gotta oh, run. Boys. And that it's was funny because oh, it's
2: that was, so was when the Club used to have those open practices, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I remember yeah. me, Devin, and Randall showed up that day because yeah, you were out it. walking the exactly right Yep, yeah, I that's remember exactly that. And right, Phil was standing there, and Trevor walked by, and I just so happened to be standing there, and Phil said that. And I didn't know what was going on, but I laughed. I was like,
1: all right, like, obviously, that shit went down earlier today. The yes, they so did. went on to Dude, me and old Me and Lomax had a friggin' whip session that day, man. The good old days. That was back. Oh, man. That was Was that when they had the quad? That was. Uh, yeah, yeah. The quarter, that was when. The, yeah, well, yeah, you're right. It was 2012 because I stayed down there in 11. It was oh. right after that. You're oh, right. Because yeah. I
0: stayed down yeah, there. Yeah, that in- was. um. I stayed down there in twenty twelve. Uh um, oh yeah? I stayed yeah, for this like
1: definitely the beginning.
0: Two weeks or so. Uh <laughs> I th- it was um did McArath win the twelve title in A class or did he win eleven? What year was it? Twelve? Loretta's? Uh, yeah.
1: No, he didn't win. He got second.
0: Or second, I'm sorry. He got
1: second in yeah, in, in B,
2: right?
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, B or uh, a? yeah. It was beat because Anthony Rodriguez won
1: one. I think it wasn't in Coop yeah, Oh, yeah. uh, okay, okay. Yeah, um, yeah, that yeah that was. Um, I think that was a that would have been. I think it might have been twelve, really.
0: Yeah, because I think it 12. was because when I was Dude. when I was down there, he was he was training uh training for Loretta's um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, yeah, there that's was also... some heavy
1: hitters back then. Oh, absolutely. Tricking, um, I. I Actually got to ride every day with Durham, and both the Martin brothers were there at the same time. And uh, Caleb Russell pulled up and ended up cutting all the trails that are there with Caleb Russell and hearing all his stories. And yeah, man, I've been been around the block, dude. I actually got freaking. So I worked up at this. I worked at an auto parts store growing up just to pay the bills for riding and stuff. And uh, this guy walks in and uh, he's got a Buds Creek shirt on, and I'm like, yo. Bud's Creek. That's what's up. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. Oh man, you might, you might not believe me, but uh, my son is actually really good friends with Travis Astrona, And I was like, no way. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, man. Yeah. He, we, we grew up you know, in Maryland, blah, blah, blah. This is an older gentleman. And um, I got to know him pretty well. And right after I broke my leg, um, I was on crutches and he was like, Hey, Travis is racing at the Bush race let's go check him out. And I said, "Oh, shoot, let's do it. So I ended up getting the full pull and the Roush rig and hanging out with TP and getting the bro down with him a little bit. And then, um, unfortunately this old man passed away, um, a few years ago and a few years after that happened. And, uh, his uh, son, we ended up becoming good friends. He called me and he's like, Hey man, you got a, uh, you got a way to be able to move some stuff up here from dad's house back to mine. He goes and to repay the favor, when you get here, we'll go hang out at Travis's and then we'll uh, load up his truck and trailer and we'll drive down to Kevin Windham's and we're going to shoot for Nitro Circus. And I was like, you've got Have to you be kidding, kidding yeah!" And he's like, he's like, yeah, dude, let's do it. So um, friggin' loaded up a U-Haul and drove up there and ended up meeting all of those guys at Travis's and, the next day, hopped in his F 250 and pulled side by side a three wheeler of Trevor Piranha's and then a four wheeler all the way down to Centerville, Mississippi. And boys, I got to live the dream. Holy in Four days, man! That is and I shaved about I think I shaved 20 years off my life easily. <laughs> in oh, those four days, I'm sure. And, um, uh, yeah. I slept on the ground beside Wyndham's, beside Wyndham's champion YZ 125. I, I was like, this is where I want to sleep. I'll yeah. sleep right here. And I ended up, I ended up bedding down right there and just spinning the back wheel on that thing oh. every night, man. Oh, what a, what a great time.
0: What a dream. What a great time. that yeah. was.
1: I've lived dog, I lived dog years because of this sport, man. I just, Oh, such a good
0: time Absolutely And uh, we're about to get Les Smith here uh, On the line Right after you But I got one One last question For Dude. you real quick Who is uh? You tell uh, Les
1: right? You tell Les I said what's up Alright I will I will
0: <laughs> I will who's, uh, who's your local legend Robert
1: Oh man Growing up Local yeah. legend Yep Oh, dude, there's a bunch. So I'm gonna name a Virginia local legend. All right. And I'll name an NC local legend, and then a South Carolina local legend. But so oh. we'll just knock that out. So Virginia, we're gonna go with Ridge Davis.
0: Ridge Davis, oh, local yeah. legend. Yeah. yeah. Ridge
1: Davis, yeah. dude, local legend. Yeah. Um, you can I can't forget Zacho either. Yeah. Um but then also let's go North Carolina. We're gonna have to say you know oh, Awesome Stroop, DJ law Local Legends. Yep. Local yeah. legends.
0: Yep, both of them, Yep. And yeah. then
1: um South Carolina would less pretty much takes the title for that one, man. He was he was uh he was a bad dude.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh Robert, man, I want to appreciate you coming on here, uh, episode number 11 of the Imperative MX Podcast, and it's always good, and I'm sure that we'll uh, keep, in, keep in contact and all of that. Uh, maybe I'll see you at a race.
1: I'll probably be hanging out on the sideline if, unless it's a vintage one. All right. But, uh, yeah, definitely. We'll yeah. definitely see you guys around. Heavy, it was a pleasure talking with you, brother. And, oh, you uh, know dude. Keep that, uh, keep that little one healthy, and uh, we'll see you guys, man. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, Robert, Absolutely. no problem. Thanks a lot, buddy.
1: Later, fellas. Enjoy.
0: Yeah, man. And, no, it was uh, really good to uh, speak with Robert Barry, huh, Heavy D? He's, uh, he's a comical oh. guy, and he's been around the sport for a very long time. Oh,
2: dude, RB is the man. Like, hopefully one day, do we need to have, like, hopefully if we can all get to a track one weekend for, like, a Supercross. Yeah. And have like a super cross showing, to Have
0: him around fire. Oh, um, dude. Story. Oh, my God. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And we're going to uh, actually go ahead and get Les Smith here on the line. Before we get into Les Smith, we have to thank Dirt Industries Custom Graphics for this local legend segment here on the Imperative MX podcast from Rayford, North Carolina. Dirt Industries Custom Graphics for over 10 years. Have designed, manufactured, and marketed the highest quality dirt bike graphics and decals to the motocross and consumer markets. Their high quality decals are considered by many to be the best in the industry. If you want your graphics to look top notch, look no further than Dirt Industries Custom Graphics and you can uh, uh, order all of your stuff. Look at everything that they have at Dirt Industries Graphics dot com and we have so much more coming from the dirt industries custom graphic guys and you you know you're just going to have to wait and see what we have uh you can use code all caps no space imperative mx to get 10 percent off any um anything off of their website and right now we have uh, the dirt industries custom graphics local legend all the way from york south carolina les smith what's going on les
3: not too much how you fellas going
0: Good, man. We're good. Thanks. Thanks a lot for uh, coming on here to the, uh, to the imperative MX podcast. And, uh, I don't think I ever introduced uh, myself to you. Uh, uh, I'm Zach Newberry, obviously, uh, but you uh, maybe not know me outside of Imperative MX here. But uh, I watched you growing up, uh, and you were someone I looked up to, and uh, that local legend status for sure. Uh, I hated to see you kind of step away from the sport, and uh, we will get more into that subject here in a minute. But um, what's going on with you now? How's how's life uh, in uh, for you, Les?
3: Everything's going good, man. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, yeah, I've definitely uh, heard your name. Obviously, no Heavy D. Uh, we've all had a lot of good times together. Spent a lot of good years in the sport. It was obviously a bummer walking away, but uh, man, I'm I'm a bigger fan now than I think I ever was. So I still enjoy keeping up with everything and seeing how everybody's doing.
0: Yeah, no, that's uh, that's awesome. So um, you had obviously a, a racing careers in the in the pros and. Uh, you were a top amateur coming into the into the pros, at least in my opinion. Uh, you had a seventh in Millville in 2012 for the outdoors on the 450, and you had a seventh in Jacksonville Supercross 2011 on the 250. And uh, – Within those years, uh, you did race uh, pro from 2009 to 2013, and a good amount uh, of crashes and injuries came along with it. Also, rides were slim uh, at that time. But uh, speak a little bit about what made you come to the decision of uh, hanging the boots up for the listeners that uh, may not know the full context behind uh, your decision.
3: Man, it was tough, and and you kind of nailed it there. Just, you know, rides were slim. It was. Uh, I kind of went into it at a bad time after 2008. But, uh, you know, I mean, that most of that was on me. I had a lot of injuries and kept up with it for as long as I could, was able to get on some pretty good teams, met a lot of great people, worked with a lot of great people, had a lot of fun, got to live out my dream. Um, I got married and had another bad injury right before I got married uh, when I broke both my arms and at that point, again, rides were slim, man, and I was already struggling, and uh, the the injury didn't help any, and I just basically come to the point in my life where, you know, I love it more than anything, but had to make a decision to uh, get started with a family and, and go a different road, and I actually spent a little while after I was done, I was, uh, I don't know if bitter's the right word, but just didn't really want much to do with it, didn't really keep up with it much, kind of stay away from it, but man, the last, last several years. I I listen to uh all the podcast stuff and keep up with it and obviously watch it all on T V and, and stay pretty involved. So it's it's pretty fun now to keep up with.
0: Yeah, no, uh that's awesome 'cause uh um, and good to hear. Uh, appreciate that because uh, when I, you know, I had a professional card from 2013 to 2016, and uh, both years I thought I was going in healthy. I did a lot of arena cross stuff. That's kind of where my top accolades uh, come from. And uh, man, it would be like two rounds, and you get hurt, and you know you're, you know, you're sitting out until you know kind of outdoors. And for myself, um, you know, I wasn't as fast as you guys, so it was it was a struggle to come back after injuries and to get back to 100. percent and uh, I know that had to be tough. And yeah, you had you were on great teams. You had uh you know the lakes the Langston Witt team. You had the Olien, uh, uh the KTM team. You were on JGR. Um, yeah, you went through a lot of good teams, and uh and I know that you met a lot of good people in the uh in the industry, and they taught you a lot.
3: Yeah, it really was good, man. And and like you speak about the injuries, it's 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 crazy. Anybody that's ever dealt with it understands it i think to an extent obviously at the professional level it's different but watching uh, this past weekend when fortner went down and you could see him laying there and see the look on his face man that, that's just that's such a bad feeling as, yeah. as a racer you know the the pain is is really no part of that at all it's just the frustration of laying there looking up at the lights that's at the bad feeling man
0: yeah no and uh you know, unfortunately, uh, I think more in Supercross than outdoors. Uh, you looked at the lights a quite a bit, of, uh, quite a bit of times. Not the laugh, but yeah, it, it it happens. And Supercross is tough, man. Uh, it really is. And for yourself, you know, you were so freaking fast outdoors. You know, around uh, this area, you know, and to to see you know yourself struggle in Supercross, it really gives you a outlook uh, of how gnarly a Supercross track truly
3: is. Yeah, man, I I appreciate the kind words there. It it is. Supercross was was always a very hard thing for me to tame. I, I always felt like I never fully had the talent for Supercross. I, I struggled a lot more with it outdoors. Um, Even on a lot of my better races outdoors, you know, it was mostly the work at the end of the day. I you know I'd run around mid pack to the end of the moto and pick people off at the end and, and end up you know eventually where I was going to finish. But supercross you know we put a lot of time a lot of work and and everything into it, and um you know i it was it was a lot bigger struggle for me to to figure that side of it out, especially jumping up on the four fifty um that man, that's a whole different animal
0: yeah no it it uh one hundred percent is and uh Yeah, you know, you had good results on both. So that's something good to to walk away. Now that you've been out of the sport and uh, like myself, you know, when 2016, I was laying there in Baltimore Arena Cross and in a corner that uh, I pretty much separated my shoulder to the worst degree possible. And I knew I was going to have to drive home and all of that. And after that you know, for like two years, I was like, man, I don't want to, I want, I don't want nothing to do with dirt bikes. I'm done with this stuff. You know, I'm, I'm done playing in the dirt. I'm ready to grow up. I'm ready to kind of be an adult, take on, you know, a lot more responsibilities as far as real life goes. And, uh, no, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy and, uh, and wild. Um, which, uh, out of the teams that you were on, which, uh, which one of the, you know, which one were you, uh, stoked to be a part of when you got that opportunity?
3: man i I think that's a a really easy one for me and and obviously it was the the little bit of time that i got to spend with the the jgr guys yeah um i was able to get that opportunity and and i know heavy d knows that every everybody that was involved with that was uh really good people and they were all down to earth Uh, and i really liked that a lot of them you know were from around here so we all shared a lot in common and Man, those guys just went above and beyond. I, I really hated, as a fan, to see them go away, knowing how much time and work that that they put in. But I would pretty easily say that uh, that was some of my favorite times of, of my career.
0: Yeah, no, uh, 100%. And I'm sure, you know, just being from uh, this general, you know, North Carolina, uh, uh, South Carolina area, obviously, just to go up to Charlotte and it be there and they had the track there. Heavy D, I know, I know that you were around that track uh, at that time.
2: Oh yeah, I was, I was around there a lot. It, it, it's it's funny because like, uh, I know, left came and rode over there. He came over there a pretty good bit. I know he had his.
3: You had your track was in South Carolina, right? Yeah, my track was. Uh, it's about forty five minutes south of Charlotte in South Carolina. Yeah, that, right. Okay, so I remember
2: he had his, and he used to come over there a a good bit. And uh ride. Matter of fact, I remember before his first outdoor, because I was at his first ever outdoor when he made his pro debut at Bud's Creek in 09. Mm-hmm. Um, he was over at JGR. They was over there training and doing like a corner drill. It was pretty sweet how they was doing it. And they was timing it. And uh, But I remember that when he was over there. and uh, Then like several years later, he ended up uh, getting on there and uh, riding for JGR. So I was around a pretty good bit for that. But but, like, like you say, like everybody that was involved with that, it was sick, like if you could have been around for it, it was actually pretty awesome, like everybody was always pretty cool
0: yeah i can I can yeah, only everybody. imagine, and you had Davy millsaps as you know your teammate, so that had to be cool too
3: <laughs> yeah davy Davy was a character i had uh yeah I had known Davy for a little bit you know when i was with my time down in uh, Tallahassee. Yep. And uh, so going going back around him, he's he's a character, but I knew what I was getting into there. But Davy and and Justin both were really really good at you know helping because I I rode actually rode for Davy for a little bit and then ended up flipping over and riding for Justin a little bit. I don't remember the order there, but um, both both times those guys were around mm-hmm. and, and they were very helpful. And and I'd spent a lot of time riding with Justin um, before that. Uh, so I, I had a pretty good relationship with him also. And it was, it was pretty incredible, you know, how they came together and were willing to help me out while I was technically riding their bike.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, the Imperative MX podcast, episode number 11, Dirt Industries, custom graphics, local legend segment. You can use code, uh, code Imperative MX, all caps, no space. And, uh, yeah, we know we're speaking with the local legend Les Smith from York, South Carolina right now. And, uh, yeah, since, you know, we were talking about it earlier, you walked away from the sport and kind of said, screw it. You know, I don't I don't have to, uh, you know, have this shit kind of in my life. Um, Now that, you know, you've had time uh, to kind of let all of that sink in and all of those emotions kind of go away. Are you are you okay? and are you satisfied with uh, the career that you did have?
3: Uh, no. No, I, I'm I'm thankful for the opportunities that I got. I'm um, very thankful for the people that I met. I ultimately met my wife through the sport. So on on that side of it, you know, now we've got a little girl. I'm uh, forever thankful, forever happy with with how that all went. But I, I really wanted to be able to do a lot more in the sport. But the the good thing is there that you know I I can hang my hat on. I gave it my best. I did the best I could with what I had. Yep. And like I said, all the, the the folks that I met along the way, I, I'll never, never regret any of that for sure.
0: Yeah. And I think that that, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, even though that you are, uh, you know, that you're not completely satisfied, you got a lot of good things out of it. And I think that if you weren't in the sport, uh, maybe you didn't learn all of the, uh, things that you learned through racing, through traveling, through, uh, you know, training, through competition, all of this stuff, you know, is, is good for real life. And, uh, no, like you said, it's it's good to have those uh, those things and those people uh, that, you know, you were able to meet and uh, and go through. So, uh, 100%. You know, at Loretta's, uh, you had three Loretta Lens titles. You had four podiums. Um, which one uh, or what year uh, stands out to you the most uh, coming out of Loretta's?
3: Um, I believe the, the one that would have to stand out the most was uh, 2007. It was the uh, 250 B title. Um, that year, the 450 title came, uh, fairly, fairly easy. Uh, the, the 250 title actually had a crash in one of the motos. I forget if it was the first or the second, but um, it was the I think second, I put up like it was a, the
0: second moto. You got a fourth.
3: Yep. Yep. I, I went down and, and had a fourth and I think it was a, I know a two, maybe a three-way tie going into the final moto. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh and obviously with the results that we had had that week there was uh, a lot of pressure a lot of people watching and and that kind of thing and it was one of those things you know just on the line for that one it was all or nothing I remember in a in a weird way laughing about that one before we went down the line like well here goes nothing yeah either we're either doing it or we're crashing you know we we've got to get it done here and um Of course we come out of the start one, two, three with the guys (laughs) I was tied with. So it was, it was a long 20 minutes or whatever it is there now. But that one, that one was pretty memorable just with the the pressure that came down to it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you had Ben LeMay, Vince Freeze, you had Justin Weeks, Derek Rogers, you had Malcolm Stewart in there, Kyle Regal, um, Sean LaPanovich. I mean, there's a lot of good guys that were in there and, uh, you know, uh you were able to walk away with uh that title plus uh two other ones. So uh no that two thousand and seven won one hundred percent I could see. Um let's get into some local racing talk. I know that uh you did local racing around that uh Rolling Hills, Muddy Creek, Birch Creek, um, you know, all of that. Uh all of those races around there. Um what was your favorite track and and uh on top of that, what was one of your favorite battles?
3: Uh for sure, Camp Coker. Hands down, I think uh, anybody around here would would probably agree with that one. Uh, Camp Coker was awesome. And oh yeah. As, as far as as far as local battles, man, it that would be hard because it was almost every weekend growing up. You know, I tell some some friends that still ride now. Yeah. Obviously, it's always cooler in the old days. But man, back in those days, it was there was a lot of people on the local scene, and um, between myself and uh, Taylor Futrell and PJ Larson. It was, it was every weekend, man. It was, it was just a bloodbath pretty much.
0: Yeah, no. And, uh, I mean, you know, I did a little bit of research myself, uh, before this, and, uh, you can go back to the AMA rider search and, you know, look up, uh, 2006, 2009. And even that year in 2009, um, that you turned pro, you were at you know reedsville rolling hills you were at muddy creek you know that you were at these races and um you were racing all of the time and that's what me and heavy d speak about a, a lot here on the imperative mx podcast that um a lot of these training facilities kind of ruined uh the district races and uh kind of lo- the local scene a little bit um i know that you've been out of the sport i don't know if you've been to uh any races recently but do you feel do you feel that way
1: yeah, it's it. it I hate I hate to see that because
3: there's you know there's so much more to it than the race and 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 the the training, which I mean that's obviously the biggest part of it. But you know these local races teach you so much with the gate drops. Not only that, the camaraderie, the people that you meet. Those are the things that I'm thankful for now. Um, I hit a period there for a while when I first went down to uh, Tallahassee to Ricky's place. I spent a lot of time um, just training at the farm training doing that program and it was incredible I you know forever forever thankful for it but i did notice you know um as it got a little bit later on in the amateur days right before i turned pro i was i was missing those gate drops yeah and and that was just something i, I needed to do you know to try to see and i remember you know talking to people back then it was obviously different but trying to find out who in the during the week who's going to be where and, and go race and thankfully you know a lot of those guys that i was battling with around here we were we were friends yeah um off the track so you know we enjoyed battling with each other and then especially in 2009 riding the a class obviously chase starting to chase money at that point yeah
0: yeah no (laughs) pay
3: some of the bills
0: yeah no kidding and i mean you're having to beat some of uh some of your local legends uh you know out there especially in a class and uh even you know speaking on that subject do you have a a uh, local legend, you know, growing up, somebody that that you loved to watch racing um, from the local area.
3: Man, back when I was a kid, it was always uh, Jim Neese, Kevin Walker, Jim Chester, those guys. That yeah. that's taking it way on back. But uh, you know, I remember being a kid on '50s, standing on the fence. We'd always go up and watch watch those guys do battle. It was it was pretty incredible to watch. And you know, that was that was obviously at a local scene, more the amateur national scene amateur national scene, it was, uh, Davey Millsaps and Michael Essie. Yeah. Man, they, those guys, good grief. They put on some, some battles.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Rubbin's racing, especially, especially back then. And yeah, I mean, we had Kevin Walker on a couple of episodes ago, me and my, uh, me and Kevin go, uh, really way back. And he actually let me borrow, uh, his, uh, RMZ to go and, uh, race up at high point for my 25 plus, uh, when I tried to do Loretta's back in 2019 and, uh. No, he's such a good dude, and Jim Neese. I trained with him for like ten or twelve years. Did you actually? Did you ever go um, to his um, practice track that he had in Greensboro? Um, it was like in an open yes. field all the way in the back. Did you ever? I, I remember. I think that you and Futrell and McDade and uh, Tickle and all of those guys would be out there sometimes.
3: Yeah, yeah, I I didn't get to go a whole lot, but I, I made it up that way. I believe a handful of times. Yeah, and it was normally, you know, a situation like that when when Taylor and Brock and and that crowd was going to be there, um, and and if I was home, I would try to shoot up that way and get in there and practice with those guys. It was that was always a good time.
0: Yeah, no, for sure, and that that. Uh... That property back there. I mean, we had some we had some uh, some great battles back there, and some local legends show up there at any given time, you know. And uh, um, one of the things that I have to I have to say is uh, you had some of the best looking kits. I don't know if it was just that 07 to 09 Honda with the Fox gear, uh, but when that one O eight showed up on the track with the Fox gear. I mean, you had the lick kit at that time. I don't know if Heavy D can agree or if he remembers that time, but for me and even going back and looking, you did a lot of stuff with Verb and Wes Williams back in the day and um you know, even watching those clips. That was that was some of the uh some of the best gear in Fox for yourself and Futrell, you know, and you were talking about um you know, you and Futrell and PJ, you know, you guys were all friends. You guys knew where you guys were going to race at, you know, that weekend and I saw you guys uh, majority of the time before the pro gate even uh, dropped, you guys are talking with each other, kind of shooting the shit with each other. Um, but yeah, man, you had some of the uh, some of the best looking kits at that time. Heavy D, do you remember any of those times?
2: Oh yeah, uh, dude. The one one of my favorite ones was. Uh, I don't know if you ever noticed, but when he would wear it, you remember that it almost looked like a a spiderweb that, that white and red fox gear. Yes.
0: Yes, he yeah. used
2: to wear. And he used to put on the white and black fox boots with the red, oh my like gosh. with the the red trim. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my, that was the hardest kit. I was like, all right, he's about to work somebody today. Oh. <laughs> hey, they,
3: they always said if uh, if you look good, you feel good. So we you know we tried to stay on top of that. Thankfully, uh, we had some really good, really good people on board then with Fox and and Honda and man, it, it those those kits were were looking really good back then.
0: Yeah, no. For that time period, you know, we all talk about lick kits nowadays and stuff like that, and they do throwback gears and stuff. But back then, you know, like, man, Fox had it covered at that point, uh, you know, because they were with Ricky and you know all of that. And uh, no, man, it was uh, it was some cool stuff. Um, man, Heavy D, do you have uh, do you have anything for for less here? I, I do want to say, like,
2: don't let them fool you. Like, when's the... When's the last time you rode? Like two years ago at
3: Clubless, or has it been sooner than that? I believe that was the last time I rode, and there was a good reason for that, man. I realized how far off I was. Good grief! <laughs> no, don't let him fool you. He was ripping. Look, he only had like two
2: solid ones in him, but <laughs> those two, two those two, on, oh yeah, dude, he was hauling ass. Those yeah. two, he had. Oh yeah, he, he's probably gonna try to disagree, but he's like, <laughs> he still rips. And if you think about this, dude, his, like, that era with Futrell, P.J. Les, if they came back and had a 30-plus at Loretta, <laughs> oh that would gosh. be the most insane race known to man.
0: Oh, my gosh. Like, uh, man. I, I remember there was, like, Justin Cooley. There was, uh, um, man, you guys had to race, like, Jim and all of those guys. I mean, yeah. like even Hauser. Doing... Yeah. Oh, uh, Glenn Balfour um yeah
2: oh, oh my
3: gosh man i mean uh, there were Perry, so many guys yep, Perry. yeah that was that was some good times and it's it's funny heavy you talk about that uh last ride at club mx i was actually really starting to turn it around in my in my head there and and really wanting to do a 25 plus run at loretta's and you know i'd kind of talked about it with my family and we were we were starting to lean that way, and I went and rode that day, and I was like, "Man, there's so much work to be done. I just <laughs> I don't even have time to do it. I I think it's uh, still as good as it ever was for a couple sections, maybe even a I, lap. But man, I want
2: to say I guarantee you, Lauren was more on board. She was she was probably for it. She had to be.
3: Man, I'm gonna be honest with you. By the time that we got to the end of it, whenever I stepped away from racing. She was she was pretty over it. She was pretty over it with the with the injuries and everything that was going on. You know, she she was always there with me, always by my side, and I'm I'm thankful for that. But um, around the time that I said I was done, she was too, and and. She does not get very happy when I do go throw a leg over a bike. Now, She's not a big fan of it. Anyway. Yeah, that was and
1: that
0: was that was one of the things I was going to ask you. Like, uh, do you ever just get the the itch just to go and just rip the throttle for you know two laps, you know, full speed, full send?
3: I I get it probably weekly. It'll cross my mind that you know that I would love to do it, but I I, I go back to probably the last three or four times that I did ride. It's it's so much different now. One, obviously, you get tired, but my mind is still a hundred percent where it used to be. Yeah. So my my body's not there, but my mind is, and I've I've had some a couple scary moments here or there, and I'm just like, man, I, I just I've got to learn that I I can't do that anymore. And everybody says, you know, they're like, oh well, you could back it down and ride fifty percent, and, and riding's fun and whatever. I'm like, yeah, it's a blast, but to me, it's not that much fun unless you're a little bit scared yeah and for me when i push myself to that point obviously now with the family and stuff going on at home i'm like man i i, I can't be doing that anymore and i'm i'm really as much as i enjoy watching and keeping up with it i'm not interested in riding at 50 percent. if i'm gonna go i want to go yeah so,
0: no and i i nah. completely i completely agree because like myself you know um We, man, we were so competitive, uh, growing up and, you know, that's what we wanted to do. You got to, you got to chase it and, and, uh, you know, myself a little bit too. And, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to come back and guys that, um, you whooped for years, um, are now smoking you at a, at, at a, you know, a local race. It really, really digs into your head and you're like, man. You know, and so I kind of had to have a couple of moments with myself. It's like it, you kind of almost have to say, like, man, I don't give a shit. Like, I, I, like, I don't care. Like, I just want to go and just throw some whips and just have fun and hang out with the people, and, you know, that's kind of one of the things that I do. But from your standpoint, I completely 100% agree. It's
3: tough. Um, I, I, would, I would love to, to one day be able to. Be able to get back to it, and I think maybe with enough time, maybe one day I'll uh, be able to throw a leg over, just you know, just enjoy getting out and cruising around. Um, obviously still love it, but ho- hopefully we'll get there one day.
0: If I could take away anything, and I wish I could show somebody, was the battle that you and uh, Futurell had at Rolling Hills, and it was when uh, they had that uh, those two uh, big single rollers before you took the right to go up the, uh, uh, the whoop section uh, the little sand section and you two were jumping that double going down the hill. And you guys just never let off hit that right hander and went straight up into the whoop section. And I think that was the year that I was training with Jim there, um, at rolling Hills. And we never, ever thought that it it never even crossed our mind with anybody that kind of showed up. And then you two just show up on a random Saturday, Sunday race, you know, and you two are just battling going over that. That was, that was unreal. (laughs) (laughs)
3: yeah that was that was some really good times and and racing with with taylor and then with pj also it it helped all three of us so much you just get every weekend so encompassed in the battle you know we always ended up doing some things that kind of surprised us and it's it's fun to look back on i I still talk to uh to taylor every now and then man that was that was some good times we uh we had one race. You were you were asking earlier about a memorable one. Um, we we had one at Parker Valley one time. It was a terrible, terrible mud race. And uh, we were actually on 125 two strokes. And I remember that I was ahead of Taylor, and we were kind of going back and forth. And at one point, it had gotten so wet, you know, we weren't even jumping anything anymore. So I would try to slide in front of him <laughs> and roost him on the backside of the jumps to make him run out of tear offs. And in and, I was able to do that, and then after the race, he come over. He was he was jumping all over me. He's like, "I know what you were doing. I know what you were doing."
0: <laughs> yeah, no. It, hey, man, it it it's racing, you know. <laughs> like Taylor would have probably <laughs> yeah. done the same thing, you know
3: absolutely
0: yeah no man that's uh that's awesome man and uh no man i i really appreciate it you know like i said in the beginning we don't we don't know each other uh that much but uh you were willing to come on here and uh and talk about it and i know that uh now talking with you that you love the reminisce on the uh on the old times and man it's uh it's good to have you here on the imperative mx podcast and i'm sure that uh you know we'll be talking soon and uh um yeah keep in touch man
3: Absolutely, man. I really appreciate you having me on, and uh, you fellas have a good night.
0: Yeah, man. You as well, Les. Have a good night. You too. Bye. All right, bye-bye. And it was good to have Les Smith uh, from the York, uh, York, South Carolina here on the Dirt Industries Custom Graphics Local Legends segment, Imperative MX Podcast episode number eleven. What'd you think, Heavy D, talking with uh, Les Smith?
2: Oh, dude, it was awesome, man. It's it's pretty cool, you know. It's, you gotta. You got a lot of guys in the industry and moto, you know, they don't really want to. They always and, and ain't nothing, I ain't saying it ain't nothing wrong with you know, still pushing and wanting to race and do your thing, you know, ain't nothing wrong with that. But you know, for for him, you know, he he wasn't really where he wanted to be, so I, he hung it up and he you know he went and started his family and living a good life and you know I think that's awesome. I think that's good. You know, that, that, to me, that's what it's about. You know. We all love dirt bikes and of course he he said he still has the itch to want to do it. Like oh, yeah. you're always going like that. Yep. But you know, he he's got his wife Lauren, his kids. And you know, he's doing good and I mean to me that's 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 what's important, you know.
0: Right, absolutely. And, you know, we talked about the the local <laughs> racing and everything in between. Um, with that and the crazy battles that he had and uh, the amateur success and even his pro success. Um, I was kind of a little little bummed out uh, by him saying that he was not um, very satisfied with um, kind of his career because, man, looking back on it, I feel like he had a great career, including amateurs. I'm throwing amateurs and professional in here. Um, I feel like altogether, yes, it didn't work out, that's fine. He got plenty of top tens, plenty of top fifteens in either 450 or 250 class. He went to different teams. The time was tough at that um, at that moment in uh, you know 2013, 2014 to find rides. I mean, Davey Millsats won Anaheim one on a privateer bike. So I mean, you know, rides were tough uh, at that time. So um, you know, I completely understand, and I, I you know, I kind of hated to hear. Um, or was a little bit more dis uh, not disappointed, but just you know, kind of it kind of got me down that he said that he wasn't very stoked on his career when I felt like I that you know he had a good career, but I guess I'm not in his shoes. What do you think, Heavy D? Yeah,
2: I mean, in the in a sense, you know,
0: you you got to think of it like this
2: too. I mean, at the time in his amateur career, he was I mean he was one of the top ones. You got to thank him for trail. Um, PJ. PJ. Yeah. Like it's so many and I get it. Like, and it's, and it's one of those things. Like he, I think he could have done like, you know, Martin Davalos. I, I well, Don't let me compare it to that. Cause Martin Davalos was in the lights for like 15 years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nothing yeah. against him, but he could have stuck it out and, you know, waited, like did like a Christian Craig or do waited and his time come on a lights bike or something like that. But in a sense, I don't, he came out as a top amateur. Like I said, rides were slim, and he wanted to be on top. Like, when I think it's, it's, a, it's different when, you, when you're when you winning all the time in amateurs, and I mean, you have you ride for America Honda, then you get, you know, your, your Monster and your Kawasaki ride, Team Green, and then I mean, you go pro, and it's just, I mean, the results aren't the same as they were in the amateur ranks. And, you know, I think if he'd have stuck it out, a little bit longer, it'd have been different. But he had some injuries, and it was one of those things. He'd been with Lauren, his you know his wife now for a pretty good while, and yeah. she's she stuck by his side. And you know, I, I think in a sense he's seen. You know, he he's getting older, so he wanted to settle down, have kids, have a family. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. At the same time, you can you, he can look back, and I, I can understand where he's coming from in a sense. You know, oh, where absolutely. he he wasn't. But I mean, I do I do I think he did. Like had a good career, yeah, yeah. But in, in his mind, I, I see where he's coming from. I'm like, in all honestly, like, I think he could have done a lot better. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you. Not saying he. Oh, he's he, had slack, but,
0: he had the talent. He oh, had the talent. 100%, yeah. You know, and but he was talking about man. He saw the lights in Supercross, kind of like Austin Fortner did too many times. You know.
2: dude, it, it was you. You got to think it's well, Rod Darlham, but he's already out there putting so much on the line and less is fast. But when you got guys out there that have the ride, especially in two fifties, they almost got like a C class mentality where they're going to go for it just to keep that ride. Yeah. Like they're literally out there like, all right, we're going for it. Like yeah. you got to send
0: it to keep no, this deal. No, and no S given, you know, full send.
2: And it, it, it's crazy because, you know, like, you know, I'm good buddies with Oscar True too. And like, that's one thing like anybody he, flat out raw speed he has it and that's for somebody like that it's an immense amount of pressure on you like going out there racing having to deal with sale, I mean it's the same thing it, that's how it is for Les yeah. you know he had so many other dudes to deal with like, it's not that he didn't have the speed it's just like dude when you got you know 19 other guys out there that are basically a, you know, a a mirror image in talent as you, it's hard. Like it's not easy.
0: No, it is. It is definitely, definitely um, not easy. And, um, you know, he explained it there where, you know, you, you know, your crash and, you know, you've already been through these hardships and all of that. And each time you get knocked down, you know, it's, it's twice as hard to get back up and, Um. Yeah, it it is tough, and I and I hate to see it, but yeah. All in all, I feel like he had a great career, uh, you know. And uh, the amateur scene, I feel like he put on uh, amazing, amazing battles for us to watch every single weekend, uh, damn near. And uh, no, it was awesome to have Les Smith here on the Imperative MX podcast. And uh, FXR, uh, from high-performance snow rider wear to motocross gear, FXR has you covered. The continuing growth of FXR means more selection for you. Jackets, jerseys, pants, gloves, and snow gear. FXR has you covered in any uh, form. In my opinion, go and check out the best in sizing, fitting, and venting for motocross riding gear. FXRacing.com and find them on social media as well. And thank you for their uh, continuing support. And uh, yeah, uh, Heavy D, hide power. You've seen what it what it what it did to me out there at uh, at Silver Valley. Oh, yeah. he gave my boys juice. He was ready to go. Absolutely. Uh, Hydropower is formulated by a sports nutritionist to help eliminate arm pump and increase your endurance so you can ride safer and faster. That is drinkhydropower.com to get your Blue Raz today. Go and check out their interactive website. Check out all of the reviews that they have. Uh, Get that brand-new Blue Raz. I have it in my cup right here just to get me through this Imperative MX podcast, and we're grateful to have uh, Hydropower on board and if you would like to save 10%, and the link uh, the link will be in the description of this podcast wherever you're watching. So uh, go and check it out for 10% off from Power. and we thank them so much for being on board. And, uh, yeah, next we're going to move into some uh, Monster Energy AMA Supercross uh, round one at Anaheim and in the uh, inaugural start to this Super Motocross uh, World Championship Um Man, I i mean, pretty much. I mean, we talked about it a little bit uh, earlier. Um, transitions were, were tough. The track was gnarly. Um, I really loved the overlay that they did, kind of like in football for the line of scrimmage or whatever the case may be to put uh, some overlay on the field. I thought that that was a very, very good integration uh, to the broadcast. Uh, myself and uh, Heavy D here were... Um, you know, in a chat together and talking throughout the entire night, throughout the entire uh, three-hour show. And, uh, yeah, overlay was one of the ones that kind of stuck out to me as far as the broadcast goes. Um, Heavy D, speaking on just a broadcast, anything else catch your uh, catch your eye there?
2: Now, what I like, I definitely like is uh, more of uh, – it looked like they had the uh, – what do they call it? It's like a spy cam, a cable cam.
0: Yeah, yeah, Like
2: yeah, they yeah. do in NFL. Uh, I don't know if they had that, but they had some air- areas, like, views where it looked like they did. And I, I kind of – actually, I, I like how they're, like, going with it. Like, I think it's definitely going to bring more people in if they keep working at it. Like, Anaheim 1 looked like it was packed. Yeah. So, I think a lot of uh, a lot of them here on out. And it, it's funny, like, like, Anaheim 1 was packed. The racing was insane. And, you know, they do the whole Super Motocross thing – So I think, like, them making a change and coming together, like, it was perfect timing, like, getting more people in the stands, and the racing was even better, like, I I think it's a good, it's, you know, Supercross is uh, heading in the right direction.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and, uh, man, I mean, you had Tomac, uh, you had Webb, Uh, we have to speak about Webb, man, he he came out, uh, he dug deep the entire moto. And uh, kind of put on a 2021 performance there. Uh, I feel like you know last year he got a second at Anaheim one, uh, same race, uh, but this was a different um, second place this go around for Cooper Webb. Heavy D.
2: Oh yeah, he, um, dude, he just just one of those ordeals, man. Like I, I don't know his mentality, man. It just like he kicked in and late in the race, it, it just got good i think he's gonna make it interesting like don't get me wrong i think people are, are gonna be spooked with tomac but somebody is not a spooker like you could tell he's not intimidated by it he, i think he's the one that's going to accept the challenge like he'll put up a fight to the very end
0: yeah and you're gonna have to uh with uh with eli tomac crashing um and still getting up in fifth and sixth place and still just working dudes um down to the very end and one of those guys that's good at the main at the end of the main event at the end of the night um is cooper webb 100 uh sexton has the speed for it anderson has the speed for it um both of those just have problems uh mistakes uh that's keeping them from um really being close uh i know that this is just the start right Um, but man, when you have these two guys that are up front that have already put on a hell of a performance just in the very start, um, yeah, you kind of almost, I wouldn't say shaking in the boots and I wouldn't be pushing the panic button at this moment, but damn, my hand would be getting pretty fucking close to it.
2: Oh, absolutely, man. It's, It's, it's one of those, it's one of those things, you know, um, it's, shoot, it's, Damn, I went blank. Said, I literally just went blank.
0: <laughs> he said he said it was there and then it was gone. It um, was literally
2: there. It was like only took my time.
0: Yeah, no, it uh speaking about Cooper Webb, uh just his uh just his way to work is, uh, oh, uh just a work up through the pack.
2: There we go. Yeah. Him working in the pack, that's just I mean, that's just typical Cooper, like that mentality, like he didn't give up. Like when everybody else was smoked out there, like beating the track, because one the track was long, like it was long, but it wasn't so much as fast like the ones in past and last year where it was just so busy, like it was constantly something going on in that track. Yep. So I big think there, too. Yes. So everybody else was like fried, besides ToMac and Scoop was just like I think he was honestly just getting started. If you'd gave him three, four more laps, I think he'd have probably been right there.
0: Oh yeah, he would have been knocking at the. Uh... Uh, the rear door of uh, Eli Tomac on that Monster Energy Yamaha Star Racing uh, 2023 bike and uh, yeah, no, uh, Anderson had a crash Uh, Malcolm went over the bars hit neutral um, got hit by Sexton Um, Kenny uh, you know, first race, he's only been on the bike for like a month Um, we know he's in shape Uh, that was just a tough Anaheim one, I think in my opinion, Um, I think he'll get better uh, come San Diego um AP looked really good uh, throughout the day. I felt like uh, he had a little tip over in the main event or two, um which put him in that 8th place, but I felt like AP had a really good uh solid ride for Randis. Uh good to have him back. Uh put in a solid 4th there. Um yeah, no. Uh anything else uh just 450 wise uh that caught your attention, Heavy D?
2: I just realized you know, when I was we talking about AC, I was like I would rather see him just drop back and get like a year full a year full of, of nines. Yeah. Yep. And he got nine.
0: Yep. Uh number 9 gets number 9. And you know what? I'm walking away with this. Okay, fine. That's that's perfectly fine. Just finish the race. Just stay on the bike. Finish the race. Mhm. So, no, that's good for AC. Um what maybe was the surprise that Shane McAraff didn't make the main event, uh but he crashed off the start. He had a crazy crash. Uh man, that that front brake rotor on that uh RMZ 450 HEP, uh bike definitely worked, huh, heavy D? Yeah, yeah, you're right
2: about that. That was dude, that was wild. I was like, how did he get like, special off the start? Like he was sliding, and it was just like he grabbed and threw him right over.
0: Oh man, it grabbed, and when it grabbed, it grabbed hard. Um, and sent him over to barge during that 450 LCQ. Um. Moving into the 250 class, uh, Forkner obviously a bummer to hear uh, ACL tear. He'll be out at least until uh, motocross six months, uh, give or take. He's got like lateral meniscus, tib fib um, uh, tear. There's a bunch of. He's got a broken uh, little chip uh, in his in his left hand. Uh, So man, bummer for for Forkner. Max Voland now wants to be called Maximus Voland. Uh, so anytime on the radio, if, or I mean on the uh, broadcast, if they say Maximus, it is not Ma- it's not M- Maxima Oil. Uh, don't get it confused. It's Maximus Voland. Uh, is what they're going to be calling him now. So don't get that uh twisted. Enzo Lotz, we talked about him already with Robert Barry earlier. Um, Hunter Cross, uh, his first main event ever, uh, comes at Anaheim One and. Uh, Man, with all the nerves and everything, that had to feel uh, really good, I'm sure, Heavy D.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. That definitely had to feel good. I mean, you know, coming fresh out of amateur range and stuff, you know, stepping into the big leagues, uh, I'd say he's pretty pumped with it.
0: Yeah, no, I would be absolutely stoked even if I just rolled around in the main event, you know, at least I was Mm -hmm. on the gate. So, uh, no, that's awesome. Uh, Like we said, I mean – I'm just trying to think of any other uh, talking points really to come out. I feel like Mitchell Oldenburg, uh, Oldenburg was a super sleeper uh, there getting that fourth place. But, man, he's been riding a lot. You know, he was uh, um, he went overseas and did some of the World Supercross stuff, so he's been racing, and he's obviously been with this Moto Concepts uh, team before. And, uh, yeah, he put that 250 in that fourth-place uh, position, and I do not think uh, really anybody saw it.
2: Oh, no. Um, but I think, you know, Frank was always a sleeper, dude. Like, he, um, he, he, he's done fairly good. Like, yeah, no. I don't think anybody really paid attention, but he's done good a lot every, for a while, you know. So, I mean, I think he's only going to get better.
0: Oh, as the year goes on, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the more that he gets comfortable with the bike and – uh um and that team i mean he's been on the team before but just you know just every day you could progress and um yeah coming with a fourth coming out of anaheim one that's uh that's really good especially on that moto concepts uh honda team and uh man obviously no race this weekend which is a bummer what are we going to do on saturday
2: i'm trying to figure it out myself actually
0: <laughs> i think i'm going to go I'm... back
2: and rewatch a1 and start yelling at the tv some more
0: yeah, maybe we'll just hop in the chat and just rewatch A1, see if we can pick out anything else because we're going to have to go in the next week's episode with no uh, racing talk. We may have some news or something that may come out here in, in the next couple of days or whatever the case may be. But um, anything else uh, coming out of Anaheim 1 that you wanted to speak about, Heavy D, before um, we hop off here?
2: No, you know, just, you know, I'm... Oh, I do want to say... I feel like if Pierce Brown
0: wouldn't have went down, he'd have been up there. Oh, oh 100%. And Pierce is okay. He's good. He's yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah. He's, he's going to be back. Malcolm's good as well. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else that went that went down hard. Benny Bloss is in a hospital, unfortunately. I don't think that uh, he'll be good, but uh, I'm, you know, kind of unsure of that. Um, but, yeah, no. Uh, 100%. Heavy oh, yeah,
2: absolutely. Absolutely, so other than that I mean, A1 was like by far The best opening round there has been
0: Absolutely, and if you, if you Missed it, you better uh, you better Go back to the TV and uh, Make sure to, uh, to look at it For sure, and uh, make sure to check out ImperativeMX.com, there's going to be a lot More reads coming from myself uh, Here in the next couple of days and uh, Throughout the year, so uh, make sure To check out ImperativeMX.com And uh, Silver Valley MX Park, Heavy D uh, What's going on down there?
2: Um you know, just getting ready for some NCMX races. Uh I spoke to Dad the other day, so he's excited about it. You know, um they moved the pro shootout to be a little sooner. Um this year. I think it's the week weekend before Halloween. Yep. So that's exciting. I can't wait for that. But you know, everything's always on the up and up over Silver Valley, so I'm just ready for some uh, racing at the only local national over
0: there. Absolutely, and that is the only local national, uh, Lexington, North Carolina's own uh, Silver Valley MX Park. And Heavy D, what a phenomenal episode number 11 we had here on the Imperative MX Podcast. We got to speak with the local legend uh, himself in his own right, Robert Berry, about some vintage racing, some local knowledge, uh, some AMA Supercross. Uh, man, it was good to hear from, uh, from Robert Berry. Uh, Then on this week's edition of the Dirt Industries Custom Graphics Local Legends segment, we had the local legend himself, Les Smith, call in to speak about his professional career, uh, talk about hanging up the boots. We talked a lot of local racing from back in the day. And, uh, no, it was really, really good to hear from Les Smith here on the Imperative MX podcast. And also we talked about uh, Supercross and a little bit of our thoughts. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a very, very uneventful uh, saturday night here in the house and within the chat for sure but uh big thanks uh again to the companies who make this podcast possible west virginia motorsports fxr dirt industries custom graphics silver valley mx park and Power. well this is the end of the podcast and we want to thank you for listening to this week's episode number 11 of the imperative mx podcast make sure to follow us on youtube instagram TikTok, Facebook, Apple, Spotify, wherever social medias are, podcasts are, you could guaranteed find uh, Imperative MX on there. So make sure to go uh, to any of those uh, when you get the chance. And from myself, Zach Newberry, and co host Heavy D, we're out.
2: Yes, yeah. sir.